This evening's Dharma talk is titled Practice Forms, Fatigue. So I'm happy to talk a little bit about that and respond to questions about that. It's going to show up differently for different people. Some people are living in a this monastery where there are very strong, um, well-defined, uh, not so well-defined, but extremely crisp and brittle, but very fluffy forms, depending on who is observing the form. If you're following a form, you're going to have trouble. If you're following a form, like right and wrong kind of quality. So what is the form even for? Why have a form? Why can't we just meditate looking at trees or ducks in the pond, or fish in the... You could. You could do that. The, the issue that we would have with that is it's more of a We'd be, it would be more of a soothing, calming situation, which would be fine. But the problem with that kind of approach, like uh, several different forms of so-called sitting meditation or meditation practice, it's more about calming things down. Now, some people, because they come into this world already doing pretty good, already their karma, the, what brings them in here is pretty good. I'm not sure of the causes and conditions that bring that about. But if you're in this room, if you're listening here, you're probably having some kind of difficulty, or this wouldn't, wouldn't even be important. You'd be watching television. So the idea with the form is because the mind, uh, the body, the body itself is fairly stable relatively, but the mind is absolutely has no hitching post anywhere. It's all over the place and it is dependently risen and it's bouncing off this and going towards that and rejecting this. I don't even have to elaborate. Everybody under, understands and knows what a speedy, a spinning kind of uh, mind that is fueled by emotions of wanting this, not wanting that, wanting to stop this, start this, with one agenda right after another, sometimes all happening at the same time. It's uh, one of the two veils in Buddhism, which is called conflicting emotions. And the other, uh, one of the veils is primitive beliefs about the nature of reality, for instance, Thinking there is somebody. It's primitive. Thinking there's somebody else. It's primitive. It's not that there isn't something showing up like that. What the fundamental nature is, as you've heard me say many times, if you've been around a while, that's separate. A simple statement about something that is incredibly confusing, could be sometimes vague, could be sometimes very distinct, but seems wrong, could be very uh, shallow and... Uh, and um, uh, simplistic, and but could be correct. So you have so many things to deal with moving this way and that way. And it seems that we can't really train uh, the mind, train our awareness in a cyclone or in a in the uh, the confusion of our society, our culture, our family, our our just simple relationship one on one with the the male delivery person, for that matter. What are we going to do about that, if anything? Maybe nothing. Maybe you should do something else. Not here to sell anybody anything. But if you are interested in this 2,500-year-old ancient spiritual path founded by the Buddha so many years ago, then you could study it. You could study it here. You could study it lots of different places these days, the Buddhist teachings are all over the internet and different interpretations of it, some classical <laughs> renderings and teachings and some interpretations that are odd, but they're, they're what they are. And there's, they have a lot of odd recipients out there that need odd teachings. Just like the paintings of Odd Nerdrum. Anybody seen his paintings? They're odd. He's odd. Incredible paintings, by the way. But, uh, so the fatigue part comes from uh, using a form in such a way where we're where we get caught between uh, what we think the form is, how we think we should relate to the form, and some of our, you'd say, to use a classical Western term, some of our neurosis comes up and keeps us from seeing how to relate directly to the form. In the monastery, one of the basic form here is, is meditation two, and a, two hours every morning, two and a half hours every afternoon, and two hours in the evening. Does this mean if you live here, you have to do every one of those? 
No, you have to relate to those forms. So relating to those forms means uh, uh, ideally you're also relating to your own body-mind complex uh, as clearly as you can. So sometimes people get caught by being too tight or be based on or assumed to be incorrect or the circle of uh, to it. Instead of seeing what it is fundamentally, we uh, we we have a knee-jerk response of, oh, that's wrong. Well, that shouldn't be that. I shouldn't be feeling this. And here we have lots of different forms, including uh, chanting of sutras, uh, simple forms like cleaning the monastery, cleaning the kitchen, cooking, and so on. Um, I could elaborate on those forms more, but the, the, the difference, of, the, the issue that seems to be causes problems is how, if the form, if this is what, if this is the form and this is what you're supposed to do, how, how do you, how do you relate to how you feel about the form and how it looks to you that other people are doing the form better than you are or doing the form not as good as they should be if they're living in the monastery? Why do I have to, you know what I'm saying? Why do I have to, and this other person or slide or they don't have to do it. They don't seem to do all of that. So I had a very good dose of what really intense military forms, and you've heard me talk about this before, and I'm not going to elaborate at all because you probably have a pretty good idea of what it's about, is having spent four years in the Marine Corps, I know what a really strong, intense, you-better-do-it form or else. And this uh, the form here is not that way at all, although some monasteries are quite a bit like that, especially when the culture is uh, has a strong macho kind of uh, militaristic or uh, male orientation. So I'm happy to take questions anytime. We can go deeper if you have questions. I have questions about <clears throat> this. It might just be in a little bit different way about fatigue in general. Yes. So the practice residence schedule Monday through Friday is spaced out over 14 hours and it's pretty packed. And I'm wondering about, and this isn't referenced specifically this week, we've been going really late. Mm -hmm. And there's just incredible fatigue by the end of the day that we just want to be done. I'm hearing you. What's the question? Uh, how do you? How do we relate to the anger or frustration that arises when we continue to keep going later and later into the night? So there, it's very, very situational, and um, the form is there to be observed. And I said this many, many times not to be obeyed. I gave a talk on that, observing and obeying here a few weeks ago. So if you're really observing the form, then you'll see uh, how much of that form you need to, say, apply yourself to or join in with, whether it's a community form or an individual form. You'll, you'll see that yourself as long as you're not uh, second-guessing everything. Um, the second-guessing does a couple things. One, it gives you some kind of validation for anything you do. And uh, it also covers up the actual situation could be of your fatigue it could be you could be covering that up because your desire to please somebody maybe me maybe the eno maybe the shuso well, it's not probably not many people trying to please you <laughs> but some other kind of interest other than just fundamentally wanting to see wanting to train your mind and wanting to have some clarity around our individual issues and problems um, passion, aggression, ignorance, and so on. However, that's showing up in your mind, in your life. So everything is situational as far as I'm concerned, as far as the way this uh, happens. So I would ask you, um, and um, I'm inviting anyone else who has questions around this, but I'll go to yours first. How does it look to you? Do you think uh, we should, um, out of that uh, six and a half hours of scheduled meditation every day, do you think it would be uh, good to, cut that back by half an hour, an hour, something, so it's less, so it only goes till 8 o'clock. Just first thought, that's not. Mm, not, no, not 8 o'clock. No. Mm. no. No? Okay. So uh, do, you, do you feel that maybe some kind of option of uh, um, that we could actually give a name to, just like we give names to different forms in order to, so it's easy for us to all communicate using names that represent different aspects of, of our uh uh, not only aware uh, meditation practice, but post meditation or uh, the activities around the community around sangha and so on. Is there some other way of 
of addressing that that would make it more accommodate people's uh, fatigue? Yes. Well, I have another question around that. Okay. okay. And when we look at the people that come and participate with us, it's an incredibly diverse group. It is. As far as how much people are practicing, you have people that are new or people that have been doing these intense forms for years. So if you're living here, um, we have, we're lucky to have about seven hours a week where we just ask you questions and listen to talks, whereas some people might only join in once a week. And so how do you accommodate those that really do not get access to the Dharma? They don't, they can't live here. And so they really are trying to make the most out of that time they do have while also looking at those of us that have the luxury of spending every day, at least an hour a day, talking to you and asking questions. What do you think? I don't know. It's, it's difficult because, because it is such a diverse... Oh. Does everybody follow what anyone else here uh, have any ideas about how that could be worked with? Time travel? <laughs> Nishikai. It's not that well worked out, but perhaps if we are feeling burnt out, we could leave at a set time. Because I think you're bringing out that like past 9.15. And if it goes to 9.30, then that's cutting into pretty valuable time mm -hmm. if we're exhausted. Like in the, so, in the, in the evening after a book study? Or? Yeah, yeah, so specifically Tuesday night and Monday night that we could leave at a particular time and still leave the line open for questions for other people if they wanted to stay and do that. Do people feel like they can't do that? Feel like you can't do that? Feel like that? Okay, then, uh, what? Well, go ahead. When you originally talked about that form of using the vowels and being done by 915, you did say to us that if we needed to get up and leave, we could. So maybe I need to say that every time. Maybe we have to have a, a special, uh, um, all weaklings can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joking. I don't mean that. I mean, uh, I, I think it's very important to to respect everyone's individual path. This isn't something that's been done in the past very much. So everybody has to practice a certain way and do whatever the teacher says. And, and uh, I'm... Um, I, I don't think it's good to interfere with uh, someone's uh, life based on preconceptions or on some kind of traditional uh, bias that, that has an idea that this is the way everyone should be trained. So I think it's very good to, uh, I, when you say that, I, I do recall saying that. And, but I didn't know that it, uh, particularly people had slowly maybe forgotten about that or I didn't know that people didn't know that they could get up and leave. So I can say that again. You can, Definitely. We could even have, we could have a, a 15 minute bell. Sometimes, uh, uh, if I'm uh, answering questions at the end of a, of a 45 minute book study, which happens what, five days a week anyway, sometimes more, um, I'm almost fine with staying there usually, but I'm probably getting more rest than you guys. So I'm, I can leave or I can stay if there's more questions. But if you personally, uh, I also haven't necessarily although I might have been up since five in the morning, but you know, it's a long day. And so I would say we could, we could actually have a signal so that way people can leave and then other people want to stay. You have, have something? Oh, I was just wondering how this is different. Like I think you went through some of the S training back in the seventies, was it? Yeah. Where people were not allowed to leave. But so how do we observe the form and uh, pay attention to our own personal needs without feeling like we're abandoning the form. Well, I don't think, I don't think you're going to be able to avoid feelings. It's not about avoiding feelings. It's about uh, including everything. Just, just notice that you have a reaction to it. Don't have to do anything with that. You can just include that. It's like, how do you get rid of bad neighbors? Any ideas? <laughs> no. I mean, you don't, you don't have to do anything with it. You don't really, your negative feelings should be, it's always about awareness. As I've said, <laughs> countless numbers of times, whatever is occurring in your mind, no matter how inappropriate you think it is, no matter how appropriate you think it is, or how uh, unimportant or whatever, it's always about awareness. And as uh, as I was quoting uh, the, uh, I think it was a, uh, a crystal, uh, Gandhi was talking about um, 
discipline. Yeah, and she quoted the uh, Trungpa Rinpoche saying that every everything is discipline. Everything you look at, and that you know that might be hard to kind of figure out or crunch it in such a way that you can get a a, a relative conceptual meaning out of that. But every everything you look at is the six paramitas broken up into into aspects so you can practice it in different ways with our mental approach. And so there's no um, there's no there's no demand. I mean, we need the we need the form, but the form should be observed. And so if you're sitting and you excuse me, and you feel like you need to get to bed or you, you're feeling tired, uh, I think you should take care of that. I don't think you should uh, stay there. In the same way, we don't make anybody sit and face the wall for uh, 40 minutes, and we don't make anybody do walking meditation. In this particular community, I'm not saying it isn't done lots of other places, this particular form is about awareness, not about control. Uh, and I'm not interested in controlling anyone. Does anyone feel like I'm controlling them? I mean, you might feel like it, but I mean, am I am I actually controlling you? Human feels like I'm controlling him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, is there a form for leaving the book study? Um, yeah, stand up and bow. Just just bow, and nobody's going to say, "Where are you going?" Has everybody said that? <laughs> or all of a sudden, the, the Dharma study just stopped, and I said, "Where does he think he's going?" I mean, you know. How do you get out of those chains of those concepts? <laughs> no chains, no chains. But how you relate to this is not about accomplishing this, and it's not even about accomplishing awakening, even though it's taught that way. It's about looking at uh, how, looking at the at the confusion, looking at the restrictions, including your own opinions and projections and ideas. It's hard to do that, especially if they if those uh, chains have been. Uh, hammered and forged over generations and generations, and then there we come into this culture, and this culture is saying the same thing. You remember what what you were told when you were six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, maybe in in the college or whatever. How the whole society is hammering at you about trying to get you to live a certain way, and when people see you living in this way, those of you who live in the monastery, instead of actually asking you what it's like living there, they just they, they just look at their projection. They think they they know what this would be like. They didn't even see you. You're in, from that point of view, you're invisible. Or, don't you? Um, when when talking about book study and you saying we can leave whenever we need to, when it is the end of the night, uh, I can tell from experience that there is an intense. Um, the atmosphere is such that if everyone else were staying until. Yeah. 9.40 and I was, was to leave. I just wouldn't do that. There's there's something that seems to okay. pull me there. So let's say we can we can change this whole form right now. No, forms are be, to be observed. And, and the creation of forms should come out of awareness about what needs. So how about if we had at, uh, at 9 o'clock? So that, that way it's 9 o'clock. You're not going to miss anything. That, sometimes that's the problem. You think maybe I'll miss something. Saying the same, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I'm just saying it with a high voice, and then I lower my voice, and then I have the voice kind of taper off, and then I have it build up, and you notice that. But how about that? What if we did do that just to have a small bell, just ding, ding? We don't have to even say what it is. Other than people who are, who are coming, if they're, if they're Zooming in, they can also leave too. You notice the people on Zoom do whatever they want to do. They just, they just bow out and leave. Of course, I have very terrible. <laughs> but then I take responsibility and think, and think what's well, they felt that I wasn't correct. Yes, please. I guess I'm I'm be created for myself in that yeah. situation where uh, I might be ang really angry that I can't that I can't leave, mm -hmm. but also um, having that understanding that I can leave. But there's something that feels like I can't. So I'm with that tension. So what? But the tension is just about awareness. Don't don't try to get rid of tension. It's a, it's a what is it what is it saying? It's a losing battle. That you don't have to battle with it. You can just be aware of the tension, and that way, over time, and you can't do it in three weeks, three months, probably not even three years. But just just go into don't don't uh, create war about your negativity, uh, as has been said many times. Just just make friends with that. How do you do that? You just like if you had an unruly child, which of course we don't. 
well, <laughs> but you would you would relate to that child uh, as, as they are. You would would be uh, would be an unfair. You would not be unfair with them. You would you would relate with them uh, directly. So and you can do that. Start now. But what I was going to ask you and anyone else here, uh, would it help? Because we can change that right now. I'll just say at nine o'clock. It could be a. Uh, uh, you could, you could, it could end, uh, at any time. We could have a, uh, a bell at a quarter to when I come in. I'm not, I don't have a problem if you leave when I come in. It happens quite a bit on Zoom. I'm not thinking, well, why should I come in? You know, if there's one person there, I, I want to be there. So would it, would it help to have a bell to probably wouldn't help? What if we, what if we make you stay there all night? <laughs> we can go the other way. It sounds like you need that teaching, so I'm thinking you need to stay there. And who can? Who else needs that teaching? Show of hands. Okay, then you need to stay and ring the bell for her <laughs> at midnight, so that she can go home. We'll only do that for a couple of months, and then we'll return to ten o'clock at night. <laughs> so, see what I'm saying? Uh, you should be responsible for it. I mean, use the form. Use the form so that you can, so that only you know what your difficulties are like and what kind of, what kind of issues are coming up for you and how much time you need to spend on the cushion. Everybody's, uh, if you've, once someone moves in here, if that happens, then they're probably going to be pretty tight on those forms for a few weeks, few months or whatever. And then it becomes more and more personalized and then people tend to do things a little bit differently. So I endeavor as much as I can to meet people where they're at. That doesn't mean I know exactly what they need. They know. But I help people just enough to give them maybe that push that they might need where they, without that push, they might shut down and continue to go in that 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 circle we call a straight line. It's a, cir it's a circle. So uh, just enough. But not so much that we that we shut down and things get worse for us. Nishika. I have similar feelings to June too about having tension about leaving a form. Um, I think part of it's that as a community, we need the forms to be strong. So sometimes I feel like I don't, how do I work with my own per personal likes or dislikes when I'm trying to, in a way, support the community too, just by showing up and sticking to it. And showing up is, uh, that's why I often say, and so there's so many different uh, aspects to this, but one of them is just if you're studying, uh, it's about Sangha, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Sangha just means you're here with the community and you may not be asking questions, but you're participating because you're you're just as valuable. Uh, it's not even a relative thing. You're valuable by because you're I'm the teaching person. You're the student uh, persons. And I say something and this and this and then someone else asks a question and I respond and you you have your practice and then you listen to that that uh, question and that response. And so you're, everything is included in that situation. Sometimes the very person that is asked, has asked the question kind of gets not much help at all from that. They, they just don't understand and are still having some spinning situation happening or some uh, lack of clarity or, whereas someone else hearing that, even though they didn't ask the question, uh, something might uh, change a little bit for them. So it's always about uh, Sangha community. It's a good thing. That's a group of nobodies. Koza. Um, kind of along the lines of what Michikai was saying, even in a, beyond the bells and the forms for sitting, it's not specified forms, but there's a lot of chores to get done. No. And you always say, if you have to do something, schedule it. Or like I was talking, I wanted to go visit my nephew, and he said, I'm not holding you know, here. But it seems like all the stuff that, that there is to be done is overwhelming. And you feel like, oh, we got to do this. But then there's no time left. So how can we work a balance, if you will, between, you know, getting things done that need to be done and then having enough time just to take a walk or have some personal time? And again, you have to schedule it. In this situation, you'd have to schedule it. And I don't. People, some people really share their schedules, and I know exactly what's happened. Some people send me a text, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Some people do that more than others. I, I, I think the, the three that I talk about, communication, 
cooperation, collaboration. Uh, you have to communicate, and we have, because of the technology, we're able to really, this uh, small community is able to stay in touch. I even stay in touch with people in other parts of the world uh, about their practice, what they're doing, when they practice, when they don't. So, But it's very uniquely individual. And your situation, as I've told you, uh, said recently, I said, just schedule it. And if you, as you say, well, if I schedule that, then I won't get this done or that done. No, that's not, that doesn't work. Schedule it. And if you, if you have something else, you, I mean, if you're scheduling walking your dog or getting exercise or, or studying for your, uh, uh Dharma talk that you're going to give, uh, and you need to, and that's, that's just part of it. And just uh, schedule that. And are you, am I hearing you say, well, I'll be up till 12 o'clock at night doing other things or something? No, uh, it seems like if you think about it reasonably and rationally, it should work out. But then when you get to the day, somehow it happens. You always feel like mm -hmm. you're driven by the next horn is coming up and you didn't get done right what you were trying to get done. Mm -hmm. So it just feels like even though we're sitting and observing the wall, sometimes it feels like a, a rush all the time. I think it's just, that's just part of your practice. So just, just look at that, but don't add on an opinion or a judgment or an evaluation about it. As soon as you evaluate anything, you stop looking at it. You stop because we, why would you? You just know what it is. You've come to a conceptual conclusion about that. It's the very nature of confusion. It's the nature of the seventh consciousness, uh, using the eighth as a model of the mind. The very nature of that is to think something's up, think something's wrong, something's not helping, something's good, something's bad. Intense paranoia going on there. But schedule it. Use the form to to help you. That's why we. It's the same way we use the form to sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture, and use the the timekeeper, the belt, the gong, and so on, and sit there for a couple of hours. And that, but that also means in this monastery, in this place, if you're sitting there and uh, 20 minutes later you have to go to the bathroom, you get up and go. You don't wait for the uh, the dawn uh, to to ring the bell before you can go to the restroom. Nor do you wait for that to happen before you get up and stretch your legs or go walk out into the garden for a few minutes or just, you know, I've been taught, this hasn't changed. I've been saying this from, uh, uh, for a long time, say, relate to you. It's your body-mind complex. Relate to it. Use the form as much as you can. No torture. No, none of that. Uh, it's, it's about awareness. It's not about being the one who stays and stays motionless the longest. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. I just about <coughs> broke my legs learning it. <clears throat> trying to look at the contrast between practice and the forms. And so we're talking a lot about like actual forms and definitions. And I was wondering if you could say what the practice quality or texture is around those boundaries and, and, and forms. Get me a little closer to what it is you're trying to... It's a vague question. Uh, um, I'm just trying to think about, so if Junchu uses the word tension or if I use anxiety or aggression, so we could set up a form like, oh, here's the bell, but that form is not the practice of that those emotions. That's true. And those emotions are starting to show up in a way that's not quite quite the forms in the sense of it's not we're not meditating so we observe that or it's not the study mm -hmm. it's like an additional emotion or experience yes and i'm wondering about we can set up all these forms but how do we begin to work with the intensity and the stories that mm -hmm. arise at those boundaries where it's not very defined so first of all i, I would say there if you're here and you especially if you live here and you're following some of these forms some of the some people are setting many, many hours every day, and I've been doing it for years. Uh, so you're, do you're doing a lot of uh, shikandaza, sitting meditation, training the mind. Um, I would say you're, you're, already, you're already doing that, but still, at the same time, you have to relate to uh, another part of the form, uh, another part of the observation or the accommodation or the, the inclusion could be not just sitting and waiting till whenever the... the whenever the facilitator closes the form down or the or this person stops or whatever and deal with the aggression or irritation about the whole thing like you know the, like you're characterizing or anybody would characterize 
but also part of the practice could be when uh, the bell, like we just talked about, the bell that would ring at 10 to 9 maybe at night or, or 9 o'clock or whenever. Uh, you could relate to how it feels to uh, be uh, uh, to get up and actually leave. Take the opportunity if that's actually a form, you can get up and leave, and then just then just observe how how the mind is relating to that aspect. Like I'm, everybody else is staying here, but I'm leaving because I'm tired and I'm I need my sleep. So uh, so that could be a practice too. And that, you can't get away from the practice if you live here. Everything is going to be uh, challenging in some way. Yes. Why do we have such a struggle keeping that as a pragmatic thing? That it, it, our stoicism and romanticism or idealism makes it so I can't even see the pragmatics. I, I, it's like almost impossible for me to see that. It's just like, oh, there's a bell. I can leave. Now I'm going to leave. There has to be a story around that. Why? Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. <coughs> I, in your case, you're asking me? Yes. Pride. You, you, the puffiness that happens as Chazan is is still invisible to you. I'm not saying you're not aware of that. Of course you are, but how to? You can't get rid of it. I'm sure you've noticed. Um, you can't you can't really include it because it runs away and pretends it, it doesn't really want anything. It doesn't. I don't want to be shiny. I don't want anybody admiring me. I'm not saying you want anybody admiring you, but you may be sensitive about being, you know, especially being the shoe soap. So you have kind of a credential here, which we need to have something. Um, so maybe in that area, more about it if you have it. Well, I'm wondering about, uh, you talk about choicelessness sometimes. And in some areas that makes some sense. But in this one, because it's so heavily laminated with stories and preference, what does it mean for that to be, for something to show up as, can something be choiceless in the midst of all of that baggage? Yes. How can we see the only way it can be choiceless? <laughs> How can we begin to see that choicelessness in the baggage? Just, just uh, persist, and 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 you're uh, everything you're saying shows me how aware you are of that dynamic. The same thing with Junshu. You've both been here for years, so you're really and you've been doing this form over and over and over, day after day after day. So both of you have a lot of clarity, and other people do too. And it's about the clarity. It's about the awareness. Not how you show up. You can be you can be full of pride forever, as far as I'm concerned, because all I see is the Buddha. It doesn't mean that I I've had this wonderful vision where I'm seeing some kind of sparkles all over poop. Don't take that personal. Yes. You said choicelessness. Uh, I have to paraphrase, but it basically that it can only show up in the midst of that baggage or that. Um, so what do you mean by choicelessness? What is choicelessness? It means that you, you, whatever is happening is, is choiceless to react out of your karma, which likes and doesn't like and runs away and runs forward and functions out of uh, the causes and conditions, or it's choiceless. Uh, uh, and, and that can be different layers and levels. And when you uh, eventually approach uh, awakening, uh, it, gets, uh, it changes and gets more and more or less of what you want to do or don't want to do and more of just what has to be done. It's a, it's a transcendental pragmatism. It's just, you, this needs to be done. And you might not even know, uh, in my case, because I'm uh, a little uh, lost in space, I might, I, 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 there's a lot of things I need to have done, need to be done, and I don't have any, if somebody says, well, what do you want to do that for? I don't know, but we better do it, or I better do it, or, uh, you know, and there's, there's around this all the time. And it doesn't, there's no, I'm not justifying a, I'm so wise, or I'm so you know, clear about everything. It's uh, it's just it's awareness, and there's no one being aware. Yes, you just said that choicelessness. You were kind of describing it as like a type of apparent, like it's apparent, like that has to be done, and there's no story. Can our confusion and lack of clarity be the choicelessness? Mm -hmm. Sure, yes, it is, and that, and that's why the process to seeing that doesn't begin to show up with some kind of uh, certificate of accomplishment or there's no credential in it. You can't because it gets more and more soupy, more and more dark, and the ego mind, the self-centered mind becomes more and more, um, well, upset. <laughs>
Uh, so the, the downside of how you're feeling is, is uh, not comfortable. But the upside of how you're feeling, you know, I'm delighted you're miserable. Not really. And of course, I'm not delighted. But I'm just saying I, you may have to go through some negativity. And I, I can't save you from that. I don't want to save you from that. No one saved me for, from it. I think more than likely, don't know, but my, my teachers could see how miserable I was. And so it's a different situation. So there again, I would still put it back in your situation. And, and if you needed to do it more with forms, then, then split it in half and sometimes leave and sometimes don't. So sometimes stay and, and look at the anger. And then, you know, the next night, uh, if, it, if that comes up again, uh, then uh, leave at nine o'clock. Just leave, just get up and leave. Or, as I said, I, I'm offering, I'm looking for some kind of response. We don't vote, but I work with, with more of a consensus. If everybody feels like we need to have a bell um, at 9 o'clock, I'd be fine. And if one person said, no, I don't think we need a bell, I would say, earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Try to accommodate everybody. <laughs> so there's nothing to obey. It's, it's just a, an amazing thing to understand that. And and to and anything that, that anything that happens over here that evokes or triggers something that feel, feeling that comes up over here is what needs to happen because of dependent origination because of the basic teaching of the Buddha that everything is dependently arisen your thoughts your ideas your body your mind this speech that is coming out uh, is uh, dependently arisen but it's not uh, not dependent on singularities like I need to say this because of that I do not think. And it's not a, a bragging point. Gee, I wish I could not think too. Uh, you might not want that. But if you're in here, you you want the truth, I can help you. And not because I know the truth, but you know it. And I'm seeing you're covering it up. Shoka. In the title of the talk, you used the word fatigue. Yeah. Is there a fatigue that arises through practice that's not based on some kind of energy or physiological so you're a little bit splitting hairs, but I would say probably just the concept of fatigue could show up when really uh, uh, as fatigue, when really uh, the word that might fit better is the way Kevin Townley is, lazy. <laughs> you're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> Alluding to Kevin's wonderful talk on uh, on energy, on daily Dharma gathering. So. Um, so yeah, the, the concept could show up, but it might be, uh, might be a stand in for what's actually going on. Sometimes we, we, because we're confused about something, we will just gravitate towards the nearest kind of concept that has some kind of a intellectual support that branches out and gives us some kind of, rather than, uh, when we do that, it's not that they're, that's incorrect. It might be relatively very correct, but it may be covering up the depth that our awareness, our progeny could actually go into that had we not taken any position on anything. So when, uh, just to use the example, when you, when either one of you or anyone here, when you're, when you're in book study and, and the time comes when it's, uh, 917, isn't it the magic number? <laughs> and it's 917, now it's 918, now it's 919, and Sogazan doesn't make any sense anyway or whatever you might think, but you get kind of just agitated with it, then I would say use that, use it rather than, rather than push down, I shouldn't be agitated or fluff up. Well, I, no wonder I'm agitated. This damn thing could go on all night and I've been up all day and I didn't get any sleep last night and all of that. So I would say insofar as you can use it as a Dharma gate, but if, but if it come, becomes overwhelming or it's, uh, it's difficult, then, you know, you know, if I if I knew how upset you were, how much difficulty you were having, I would certainly say leave. That's what I'm saying. However, however you feel, go with your feelings. That's awareness too. Leaving, getting up, and leaving. I'm uh, just like sometimes people uh, who are scheduled to be uh, the 108 bells or the the Hanan bell or Doan or something might text uh, over to me and to the because um, I, I want to be included and to the Eno. They don't have to come up with some kind of reason. Just say, um, quite often people do, didn't get any sleep, can't make it. Or can't, get, I mean, I'm fine with that. I don't add on to that. What's wrong with them? Uh, don't do that. I mean, I might, if you say you're sick, I might ask how you're doing. 
but really all you it's the important thing is a communication not the not the rationale or reason or justification and uh, anybody who is uh, functioning as a Eno or the, the Shuso or, or or anyone else knows that we don't, we don't just don't the blaming thing is just it's just a misunderstanding it's a way to get rid of it's a way to fill up the openness of awareness is threatening the ego it's threatening to the it, it threatens it whereas the openness actually allows the, the community of people who are interested with this primary thing in their life, or at least one of the main things in their life is uh, finding the truth, using the Buddhist path, the teachings of the Buddha to help use the body, speech, mind complex, the uh, uh, understanding of uh, uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance, and uh, the three marks of existence and so on, to really make use of this lifetime in a, a way that takes us towards what is fundamentally true. Sure. Hearing um, the different things about the the nine fifteen in for the book study, and then going past that, um, I noticed when there was a suggestion about even the nine o'clock bell or something that I have a preference for. That's not good enough. I want it to just end at nine fifteen so I can leave when it's actually over. Um, so, what is that dissatisfaction of leaving? To put it that way, to be allowed to leave at nine fifteen. Why is that dissatisfying when, if it just ended on time, that doesn't seem to give me any trouble? Hmm. What do you think? I want to be right about the forms. Could be right and wrong. I, I, that whole that same thing might show up a little bit different for everyone. It's just a, but it's a, again, it's awareness. It's not correcting yourself. You never have to, from this point of view here, which is kind of a point of view, everything is perfect. There isn't anything to correct. I was like the one uh, Suzuki Roshi uh, said, uh, and I, I can't say this, but I'm going to repeat what he says. He says, uh, everybody looks like a Buddha until they open their mouth. So I don't think he would uh, mean that to be that everybody was saying unawakened things. You? Yes. I was just curious that when you were practicing forms with Chogyam Trungpa and you stayed up all night waiting for him to give a talk or something when you were at seminary, did you have a similar feeling of fatigue? Or he was very good at just uh, just screwing with everybody. I mean, he would, and, and they, they all did. All, all of his uh, the regent did it, and other uh, teachers who were um, got fluffed up by him somehow. Uh, but especially him, he would. Uh, uh, he's supposed to give a talk. He's scheduled to give a talk at, at eight o'clock at night, and he'd show up at six o'clock the next morning, all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and, and just in, without any warning and everything. And there are hundreds of people there at uh, Lake Louise in Alberta province uh, at that uh, seminary in 1980, three months long, and it was hard to get to sit to practice all day long, and then and then uh, come. He was never on time for a talk, and there was a couple dozen talks, never, not even close. So after a while, you just, you come up with a what a strategy. And so one person from that floor would go down and sit and everybody else would go to bed. And that person would sit there. And this took a while, to, you know, a few weeks to see this is what's happening. And that person would sit down there and there might be of the hundreds of people there, there might be, you know, several dozen people sitting there. And some people just wanted to sit no matter what. And, uh, but a lot of people, maybe half the people would, be in their rooms or in bed or drinking sake or something. And then then it, it, sometimes there'd be a little bit of a warning. So then uh, people would all scurry up the stairs and knock on doors and everybody would come charging down to try to get in there before he got there. And, so, and he'd be all, already in there. And, and he always came in in a processional, um, very regal kind of a, a deal, four or five people of his, uh, uh, it was like a, uh, the, the British uh, court or uh, situation. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was aggravating. But then we just thought, well, I guess we just have to deal with the frustration of it. But you could, you could not come down. Nobody would come and get you. <laughs> you could just stay in your room, but then you miss the talk. The latest one I ever went to, I think, was six in the morning after being up all night. Does that say anything else about it? Well, in a mundane approach, too, it's like I, I just been recalling how fatigued I always felt working. 
and that was a form. I had to get up and go to work every day. And, and so I'm just having a contrast with this type of a form and fatigue. Um, fatigue. <laughs> it's just interesting to come from. Uh, so it's a really, I think it's uh, just final words about it, I, unless there are other questions, but I think that's really so specific and so individual. And having uh, talked to people about when I was trained in 1978, uh, talked to a lot of people about meditation, and only only recently have I functioned as a, as a teaching person. But trained people to meditate and talk to them about their situation over the years, and just have noticed a Really, really, how really different everybody is. Everybody's wiring and everybody's makeup and everybody's way of dealing with the the, the uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance, and different combinations of that. And uh, and I have uh, my understanding is that we need to we're going to help somebody. We need to meet them where they're at and not stand back and be above them. Or we need to meet them in their confusion. And you pretty hard. It's pretty hard to meet somebody in their confusion if you're projecting your confusion onto them. And you're not sure the difference between what your confusion is. You don't have to get rid of your confusion. Uh, you don't have to get rid of anything, but you have to see that the. Uh, when I say you have to, that again, up to you. But there, there isn't anyone who's confused. There, there is confusion, and it's looking for somebody. If you see there's no no one to be confused, then the confusion may look around all at once. A question from Karen in New Zealand. Yes, Karen. What would you suggest as suitable preliminary forms for the beginning home meditator who has a daily practice? It would be different with each uh, with each person. So just that you ask the question uh, means to me that you have some kind of connection with with uh, feeling the necess necessity for uh, a form. And uh, a basic one is have a, a, a rupa or a, a image of the Buddha, a picture. Um, uh, an altar. Um, it can have anything from just a, a incense holder to a candle. It can have uh, some flowers. Um, uh, very simple. And then sit in front of that or sit off to one side so you can face the wall. And um, the, the simplest one is just uh, bow and uh, take refuge in the, in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Just repeat that three times. Bow each time. You could actually do a half prostration, raising the feet of the Buddha. Um, you could tune into our um, morning service. Uh, being in New Zealand, it might not be possible to synchronize the time, but some people do that, and some of it is. Uh, how long does that stay online? It gets um, refreshed every. There's a, always a copy up, and it gets okay. renewed every day. So if you hear that, it's a Sokoguji Buddhist Temple Monastery on YouTube, and you can go in and, and join into whatever part. You can watch people actually do the uh, offering in front of the. The, the, uh, that the doshi does. You can do all or any part of that or just observe it and uh, you can, you'll can you be able to see some people in here sitting. You can't see all of them because the camera only hits uh, this seat. And I'm never here because I'm probably napping somewhere. Um, uh, on the altar and this seat and then uh, usually there's several people here. There could be other people in the room that you can't see, but that gives you a feeling of sangha. And some people, uh, people in France and in Canada and England, uh, out in California and different parts of the country, were make use of that of that technology to uh, to uh, encourage uh, the use of uh, forms and the use of uh, or the ability to join in with a sangha. So do that. Uh, if you have any difficulty, send us an email. At, you know, Uno will respond. Will help. Question from Hakura. Mm -hmm. Did you say that choicelessness is dependently arisen? I said that uh, choicelessness is dependently arisen in the way it shows up as choicelessness because uh, the things, the causes and conditions that are arising, it looks like there's somebody here. And uh, that, that grasping at a self tends to ignore all of the things that are just as much a part of you as the, as the elements of that self, which are uh, the four qualities of... Uh, of um, the disturbance that are happening in the seventh consciousness of, of um, feeling that there is a self, uh, having pride of self, uh, the self-reference, and the other one I never can remember. So, so it's dependent, in the, and it's dependent on this. This happens there, that happens, and this happens, but it's very complicated. 
you can't find the first cause of anything. Um, so as long as there is a choice, any kind of choice, it's dependently risen. And that, uh, and that if it's seen for what it actually is, it may look like a choice to you. Well, I'm not going to do that because I can see that this is going to lead to that. And this, but, but, but the very karma that brought you into that situation, you, you might be there thinking you're deciding between a chocolate or vanilla, but you, you can't even do that unless the dependent origination got you into a body speech mind complex called a human being where you can even uh, uh, not be in, uh, uh, you can be in a place where there's a, an ice cream uh, uh, buffalo. Isn't that what carries ice cream? No. So if you don't have that, if you have that, then you can choose. So, but it's, but it's choiceless if you go back in uh, towards the source, all you find is source after source after source, dependently risen. So if there's, if there's clarity uh, about it, then that also is choiceless. Um, because, and the dependent origination there is happening because you're still embodied as a human being. Uh, you, there's no longer a self here anymore. So everywhere you look, you, you see the truth. And if you see the truth that is going this way or going that way or going this way or going that way, then it is choiceless when something opens up that has the frequency that you come into this life with that you're no longer covering up with your hope and fear. You're no longer someone else. I couldn't be here out of making a choice. This would be way too frightening. 20 years ago, no way you're going to do this. I'll teach you how to meditate, but I'm not going to do anything else. Too scary. What if I failed? What if people didn't like me? I'm sure you follow what I'm saying. Of course, they're not going to like you. A lot of people don't like me. A lot of people like me. A lot of people are, it's, it's not, it's not concerning. It just, it just doesn't matter because it's dependently arisen. And this, uh, the, whatever is, uh, uh, excuse me, whatever is causing this bo voice to make sounds and make some kind of sense, uh, there's not, there's not a person there. As I said, I, I don't really think. Thinking happens, but I don't mind. And who, who is it that said that? I don't know. I would say I'm not deliberately trying to be obscure or confusing or weird, but, but, and find out who it is. Further question about that? It's not totally clear. Yes, Jennifer. Um, is awakened truth part of uh, causes and conditions? It's it's beyond it, but if if that is manifesting in the situation, uh, it's actually beyond it. It's beyond beyond. It's beyond wisdom. Wisdom is still a relative situation. It's beyond that. But if you're still here, then you're probably still going to brush your teeth or not. Thank you very much. Should we have a little bell that says it's ten after nine? We'll stand and dedicate the merit. And I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway, also online. Don't get mad because you could have left. Or else wait. May the manifest penetrate to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Jiro Sanchi. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and kill them.